Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hello, everybody. I'm glad that you tuned in today, and I'm really excited to have uh, Mitch Siegel with FSR Cattle Company uh, on the, our first episode of Modern Cowboy. I, I thought it was only appropriate to have Mitch on uh, for a number of reasons, but Mitch and I met, uh, I believe it was 1993, uh, and I was actually going through a, a, a tough time in my life and uh, when I met Mitch. And the, the thing that always stood out to me was just how uh, kind and how helpful and, and just what a great, great person he was. And um, we stayed in touch for a little while, and then we lost touch over the years, and then we reconnected again um, several years back. But... Uh, I'm just super excited to have him on the show today, and um, uh, he's the owner of FSR Cattle Company, which is the world's largest uh, producer of team roping and steer wrestling cattle for the uh, team roping and rodeo world, uh, based out of uh, Weatherford, Texas, and um, just excited to have him on the show, and uh, let's give him a big welcome. Mitch, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Well, it's uh, super exciting to have you on the show here today. And uh, if to start out, just um, just give a little little bit a little bit of brief history on yourself. Uh, you know, um, however much you want to give, and and just tell the listeners a little bit about uh, who you are and and um, and where you came from. Well, thank you, Dan, and thank you for the opportunity of being uh, you know your first interviewee on this show. And, and I'm honored. And uh, I grew up in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, I was not a good student. Uh, this is, should find, the listeners should find this interesting. I was asked to leave Beverly Hills High School. Uh, I then went to a school in uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, by the way, I should mention I was a straight F student at Beverly Hills High School. <laughs> Of. <laughs> not even any D's. <laughs> so I, I went to a school in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Judson School at the time. It's no longer there. And my father promised me at that time that he would, it was a school that had horses and had team roping and calf roping and all of that sort of stuff. Actually, not team roping, but calf roping. And uh, my father promised me that uh, if I got good grades, he would get me a horse. So I immediately went from being a straight F student to being a straight A student on the honor roll at Judson School. That basically, at age 15, uh, started my entry into really the horse world or the uh, Western lifestyle, because at that point, I didn't know which end of a horse to feed. <laughs> That's very, very interesting. It's, 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 it's just... Uh, uh... Amazing how uh, you know people do get inter introduced into the Western world. Uh, I, I'm much like you. You know, I didn't get, I wasn't raised on a ranch, and I didn't get introduced to it till later on. And and 
And I just find that so interesting that you were age 15 before you did get introduced to it, and now you're doing what you do today. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, the Western way of life has been a wonderful way of life for a lot of people, and uh, it, it's turned around a lot of real uh, people that were headed down the wrong path. It's, it's turned their lives around because it teaches mo- uh, real values as compared to the modern-day values that we're seeing on, on cell phones and iPads and iPhones and all of that sort of stuff. So it, it, it's been a big benefit, I think, in helping people from going down the wrong path when they get involved in, the, in this sport. And we've seen it. Um, at one time, I was involved with the... Uh, High School Rodeo Association in California. I think I was the president or vice president at that time. And uh, we see these kids grow. When they get into rodeo at the high school level or even sometimes earlier, it teaches them values. It teaches them how to take care of their horses. It teaches them how to load and unload and doctor and, you know, how to feed and, and all of that stuff. It teaches these kids real values. And then as they grow up, they progress into the, you know, hopefully into the ranks of the Professional Rodeo Association. And uh, they grow and, and they become real athletes. But athletes that aren't uh, uh, catered to by their their servants or their lackeys or whatever term you want to attach to the folks that cater to the athletes, these athletes, these young athletes, have to take care of themselves, and take care of everything. If they don't, they don't win. <laughs> Absolutely, and it, it, with 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 what you do, um, you know, with uh, FSR Cattle Company. Uh, Tell us a little bit about about how that started and and uh, how you've developed it and grown it into what it is today. Okay, well, let's see if I can share with you. Uh, when I go out, particularly with city people, you know, everybody changes uh, exchanges words. What do you do? What do you do? And some people are lawyers, some people are doctors, like in your case. Uh, which you don't admit to everybody. <laughs> Cowboys never never want to admit who they really are in real life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I, I, I'm meeting people, they say, what do you do? And I say, I rent cows. And they look at me perplexed. What does that mean, you rent cows? And then I explained to them that, uh, you know, we're in the team roping and steer wrestling uh, industry and we're stock contractors. We provide cattle to people nationwide that want to practice or improve their skills in the sport of team roping or steer wrestling. And so basically, uh, when I semi-retired and I moved to Texas, I thought that I was going to rope every day, every single day of my life from morning till night. I was just going to do nothing but rope. And I built an indoor arena and I bought all kinds of horses and saddles and This went on for about two years, and at the end of two years, I thought to myself, I love roping, I love the Western way of life, but I need something else to do. This isn't really holding my interest. So I thought, well, we'll just raise a few cows, and um, we'll, we'll rent them out. And so it started as a joke, actually. So we started this business as kind of a, uh, uh, like a little hobby kind of thing, just something to amuse me. And uh, because I'm real focused on winning, I, I've been focused on that all of my life. And unfortunately, I've never really put in the effort that it takes to win a team roping. I'm a mediocre team roper, and I know I could be better if I put more time into it. 
but I've really never put the time into it, and I've always focused on business. So anyway, long story short, the business grew, and uh, I put a lot of attention to it, and then it grew and it grew, and each year it grew more and more. The next thing I knew, we had cattle after many years all over the United States with various people at schools, universities, colleges. And so it just kind of morphed into a bigger business than we ever thought it would ever be. And like I said, it started as a hobby. And it really goes to show you that anybody can start a business and be successful if they're willing to work hard and apply good business principles to what it is that they do. And I, and I don't care whether it's, it's renting cows or it's doing whatever. Everybody can be successful. We live in a country that affords us so much opportunity. I'm just amazed. And as I look back, my father came into this country as a poor Russian immigrant, couldn't barely speak English. But he had the opportunity here, and he worked on that opportunity. And I just think there's so much opportunity for advancement in this country, for people to go into businesses, even if it's a small business, and then ultimately grow that business into a large business, which has happened at FSR Cattle Company. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there that there's just so much opportunity right now, uh, more than ever before, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you could connect. The other day I was on an airline flying uh, on a vacation, and I happened to be looking through the airline magazines, and I came across a ad where you can connect with a Chinese company. Right. And you can sell your product here. It can be manufactured by the Chinese company and shipped directly to your customer or your client directly from China. I mean, you never have to touch it. You never have to do anything. And that affords people, small people that are going into the business world, a lot of opportunity. They don't need a lot of cash to get started. And, you know, if we look back on uh, Internet companies, Facebook, so many of the other companies, these guys started in their garage. They didn't have any money. Absolutely. And and their businesses have grown. There's just a tremendous amount of opportunity, and that really applies to the Western way of life. You know, I don't care whether you're selling boots or <laughs> or you're renting cows. Yeah, absolutely. To start something, something that you're passionate about and you love, you 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 can you can make it work as long as you're willing to put in the work and and you know and you have the passion to to follow it up and do it. Absolutely. And as I said earlier, kids that are growing up in the Western lifestyle, and particularly kids at Junior Rodeo or Show Stock, they learn those values about hard work and, and the success that it leads to instead of instant gratification that I get. You know, I push something on a computer keyboard and some reward comes up, something pops up. And those values that those kids learn in, the, in their lifestyle, in their agricultural lifestyle, I believe helps them be a success later on in life and in business. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, of success, in, in terms of uh, FSR, yeah, how many cattle do you, do you guys have or how many head do you, do you run? Or is that something you even want to answer? Well, Dan, that's a good question, and it's often asked by people. And in the cow world, horse world, 
uh, particularly the cattle world, that's a question that you really don't ask somebody. And the reason for that is in the world that we live in, that's asking somebody, how many dollars do you have in your pocket? Because it doesn't take them long to figure, okay, a cow is worth X amount of dollars. You have X amount of cows. Therefore, you have X amount of money in your pocket. So it's customary never to ask uh, anybody that question. And typically, when I get asked that question, I don't want to be rude and tell them, hey, you know, in, in the world that we live in, that's a rude question to ask. I just simply say, it's true. <laughs> I just simply say, we have quite a few, and I leave it at that. Yeah. And, and, and that being said, uh, you know, uh, managing and caring for all those cattle is is has got to be a big task. And, uh, you know, because that is, you know, the livelihood of the business um, what, what all goes into that in, in, you know, keeping those animals healthy and, and, uh, and taking care of them? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. And, um, I, I'm sure you could get a lot of different opinions if you were to ask different ranchers and different stock contractors. Some people are more hands-on. They do everything at their place. They manage everything at their place. And, uh, we're a little bit different. Our cattle are raised in East Texas, uh, by some folks we've done business with for 14 years, and they do a great job for us. When the cattle are um, large enough to be team roped or occasionally uh, steer wrestled, we bring them back to our home ranch here where we keep them. And then those cattle are, are broken in and uh, by the national finals rodeo contestants that we sponsor, and we currently sponsor 12 contestants. Now, when I say broken in, what that basically means is the cattle are trained so that the average team roper can catch them because normally when they're brought in, they're wild as heck. And uh, even the, the professional guys have a hard time with them, but they break them in so that they will be able to be used properly and able to be um, used by the average everyday guy. In other words, you don't have to be a professional to be able to, to rope these cattle. And the cattle themselves are athletes, and a lot of people don't really realize that cattle are athletes. They perform in accordance to how they're fed, how they're cared for. And uh, when we lease cattle, we even give a little uh, brochure that gives folks some tips on how to get the best performance from your cattle. And, and you'd be amazed. You'd really be amazed in the difference between performance at cattle that are properly taken care of and cattle that I'm going to say are not properly taken care of. Uh, cattle that are properly taken care of and uh, roped properly and, and treated humanely can last for a year. Some even last two years. The ones that are improperly cared for or fed, et cetera, can, uh, their usefulness can go in a month. Yeah. And that's, I think that's just the same with, uh, you know, people, you know, it's, it's, if you're taking care of yourself, eating right and exercising, you're going to be able to perform a lot better. And, and the same goes with the, with all of our animals as well. It makes total sense. Well, it's true, but you know, it's strange that people don't seem to, they understand that factor about themselves, particularly with all of the uh, internet, you know, uh, emails and all of the stuff that preach health, right. uh, you know, people understand that, but for some odd reason, often they don't understand that an animal has to be treated the same way. And the other day I said to somebody, where, where do you keep your cattle? 
And they said to me, oh, I keep them at the end of my roping arena in a pen. And I said to them, do you sleep where you work? And they said, no, I don't sleep where I work. I go home. I, you know, I need to get rest. I need to rest up and get away from all this. I said, well, an animal is the same way. Yeah. But uh, people have a hard time identifying with how an animal feels or acts, which is unfortunate. But we're working really hard to educate them, and, and they're learning. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know, too, that you're involved a lot with uh, um, uh, rescuing uh, animals and, and dogs in particular, um, which is, I think, another one of your passions as well. Dan, that's true. I, my wife and I are, uh, are very involved with animal rescue, and, and frankly, we were involved before it became fashionable. Right, right. And <laughs> uh, when we moved to our small town here in Texas, there was a lot of things that were going on at the shelter that were less than desirable. And uh, we donated a pet adoption trailer, which is actually a mobile trailer, and it has uh, compartments in it. It's air-conditioned, heated. It has its own um, washing facilities and so on. And they they t started taking that trailer out to various uh, venues to adopt dogs. And then before we knew it, the shelter became really successful. They really started adopting a lot of dogs and euthanizing very few. So we're, we're really happy with our involvement with that deal. But that's, you know, funny thing about me, I've always um, stuck up for the underdog. I don't really know why I do that, but I, I always have. <laughs> In fact, <I'm, laughs> and so animals have nobody to stick up for them. When they go to the shelter, they don't know anything other than whomever it is that loved them and took care of them and everything has suddenly abandoned them. Yeah. Yeah. And so our, our passion really lies with helping those that cannot help themselves. They don't have anybody else to really promote their well-being. And so you can get me started on a long thing about the animal shelter. Yeah, well, that's a great that's a great cause, though. When I was at your place. When was that? I think 2013, Stephanie and I were down there. And um, not only do you have, uh, you know, the FSR cattle company business, but you actually – uh, own your own Western town, uh, and you are the sheriff. And your your office that you go to uh, to work every day is actually the sheriff's office. Um, let's tell us a little bit about how that started and and uh, um, what it's developed into now. Well, thank you for that uh, that that question. Uh, <laughs> Eagle City, which is the old west town that we built here, started as a joke, like so many of the other things that I've done. I'm kind of a prankster. And I always have been. Uh -huh. and sometimes sometimes I've paid the price for pranks. And, you know, and in the Western world, you know, some of us may have found our cowboy boots filled with cow manure when we were least, <laughs> when we were least expecting it. So <laughs> growing up in that lifestyle, you know, I, I guess I've always been a prankster. So what ended up happening was when I went back into the business world and we started FSR Cattle Company, I found that, you know, it morphed, it grew into a huge business. And now all of a sudden I was back in the business world, the very thing that I had retired from, although previously I was a real estate developer. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'll have to build an office. 
So then I built this office, uh, and then I realized that I was back working again, and I was no longer retired, and I thought, this is a prison. I'm back in doing just back in the business world again. And once I re- <laughs> Once I realized I was in a prison, I thought, you know, I don't really want to be in a prison, so I'm going to appoint myself the sheriff. (laughs) By the way, Dan, I want to share with you, we do have a mayor's position open in in town here, if you would be interested. Uh, And I know the right people I could, you know, I I think I could get you the job. I I might have to throw my hat in the the ring for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you'd be very well qualified. So here I sit. I'm sitting in prison. I'm back in the the world again. The you know the work world again, workplace. And I thought, well, gosh, a jail out in the middle of nowhere is of no benefit. Well, then we have to have a hotel, and then we have to have a um, you know barber shop and a, and a feed store, and uh, we even have a house of ill repute. Oh. I mean, we needed to. <laughs> <laughs> We needed everything that an old Western town had. And so basically I used my building experience to recreate an old Western town. And some things we just winged, you know, some things I looked on the internet and I got clever ideas because, you know, I wasn't born in the old West and, you know, there wasn't a lot of old Western towns in Beverly Hills, California. (laughs) 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 Little by little, we kind of winged it and, uh, it just grew. And each year we added a building or two. And then the next thing I knew we had an entire town. Yeah. That's, that's how it came to be. Yeah. And it looks amazing. And now you, they've actually shot, uh, some, uh, films there or movies there. Yes, sir. That's correct. Uh, Actually, there's been several things shot here. Uh, there was two movies. Uh, Mo Hedrick, uh, who's a local producer of films here, does great Western films. Um, and, you know, that's a really interesting concept I want to share with you you guys. Mo is involved in the Western way of life himself. He was a stuntman in Hollywood. He now resides here in Weatherford, Texas. And his hobby is a really unique hobby that I don't think anybody has ever heard of before. And basically what he does is he makes films. And the way that he does that is he writes a script and, you know, he's experienced in that or he co-writes a script with other uh, script with other people. Then, you know, everybody always wants to be an actor. Everybody wants to be on TV or be in films. Right, right. And so he allows them to do that. And so basically what ends up happening is Mo writes the script. Then anybody that wants to be an actor can interview for the part. So they interview for the part. If they get the part, they are responsible to provide their own uh, costume, whatever the, the film happens to be about. They have to provide a costume that's appropriate for that period. Then they make the film. At the end of making the film, they then, as I understand it, sell DVDs, and everybody uh, shares in the profits, that is if there are profits. Yeah. So basically, that gives people something to do for a hobby. Oh, my gosh, you know, I always wanted to be in the movie business. And then also, if things go well and it's a good film, they make a little bit of money out of it. What a wonderful hobby. Yeah, that is. That is, and, and it's so true. Uh, I think um, so many people, like you said, want to be in a movie or, you know, dream of being in a movie. I know growing up, that's uh, one of the things that 
just got me into the, the, the cowboy lifestyle and cowboy world was watching Westerns growing up, you know, from Roy Rogers to, you know, Gunsmoke, Rifleman, all those shows. And, uh, that, that sounds like a great way to be able to get involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. And the people I have the occasion to meet with them, they're lovely people. And, you know, I mean, they're from all different walks of life, from executives of big companies uh, to working guys that work out in the fields. In fact, one of the movies that Mo made actually had our local judge playing a judge in the movie, <laughs> which was just pretty amazing, you know. And... Um, so going back to the films, Mo's filmed a couple of films here. We've had several photo shoots for uh, movie commercials uh-huh. and uh, some wedding venues. Oh, great. So we've we've had a little bit of uh, everything shot out here. But like I said, the whole thing started as a joke. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't look like a joke, that's for sure. And I know that uh, there are a lot of people that would love to be able to get up and go to uh, work in their in their actual own western town, uh, especially one that is just so authentic, uh, you know, looking as yours is. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, it has its pros and cons. You know, it's and sometimes you're inundated with people, and and yeah, it's got pros and cons. Sometimes you lose any of your privacy. Right, right. I I know that you've got. Uh, uh, another project going um if you want to talk about that a little bit um the some of the development that you're doing uh right now down there well thank you let's see if i can share a little bit of information Uh, you're in arizona there's a lot of folks in california there's a lot of folks in particular in california that are moving out and we all know the reasons why so i don't want to get into them right but they're (laughs) They're moving to the great state of Texas, which is where we moved to 14 years ago. You know, where things are cost a lot less, you can buy land for a lot less, and the cost of living is less, and so on. And um, the cattle business, once it grew to the size that it grew to, um, I decided I would start another business to keep me also busy. Uh, you know, and uh, I started uh, a development. It's it's not that large. It's about 108 acres divided up into 10 acre lots. It's called the Ranches of New Often. It's got we're we're selling 10 acre lots. It's got a paved road in there. It's got uh, CCNRs, which are covenants, conditions, and restrictions, which are written to protect the property owners when they buy properties, so they don't find a a pig farm next to their house or something that's undesirable. And I don't mean any negativity towards a pig farm. I mean, a lot of people make their living from that, but not everybody wants to live next to a pig farm. So uh, we've got CCNRs in place there to protect the, the, the people. Lots of large, beautiful oak trees. Some lots have views. And for somebody that is really looking to move to Texas, not have a huge ranch, which is a lot of responsibility, but to have a, a medium-sized ranch where they can still have their roping arena, they can still have their animals, they can still do the things they like, and, and have neighbors, but not have your neighbors on top of you. Uh, the Ranches of New Austin is just a wonderful, wonderful development. Uh, you know, if we didn't have a larger ranch here because of our cattle, I mean, I would live there. Uh, I'm that high on the, on the project. Uh, I would definitely live there. It's absolutely beautiful. I really look forward to come down there and seeing the Western town now that it's all done as well. But um, have you sold any of these yet? Are they on the market already? Or 
They are on the market. We have some that are already sold. And by the way, you mentioned the, the, the Western Town being completed. Uh, there's one more item that uh, we're currently working on. It takes a little bit more time, and that's a boot hill. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually have a hill beside the Western Town. Right. Uh, and uh, that's going to be boot hill where our customers that don't pay their bills will be buried. <laughs> The people that steal our cattle or, 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 or abuse our cattle, they will also be buried there. <laughs> so, so you're going to be complete, complete town. <laughs> complete town with everything a guy possibly needs to live. So, you know, when you guys come here, you can live forever. That's... And then, like I said, the position of mayor is open. I could put in the good word for you. <laughs> oh, well, I just might have to take you up on that. What is your favorite western movie of all time well gosh i don't know that i have a favorite but uh, one of the ones that i've enjoyed is uh, blazing saddles which has a lot of comedy in it uh-huh. <laughs> because i'm just kind of that kind of guy you know yeah there's got to be some comedy yeah i would say blazing saddles with mel brooks and a bunch of other folks whose names i don't recall yeah that was that was a great uh, great movie um you know actually slim pickens was in that movie and i actually met slim pickens one time got his autograph which was uh which was a uh just a great thrill for me but um speaking of uh of actors who's your who's your favorite uh, all-time western actor cowboy actor well i think it's uh John Wayne, I think that's probably everybody's favorite actor, if I had to guess. And, you know, um, there was an interesting thing that John Wayne said about one of the folks that we sponsor, uh, that being uh, Cleo Brian Cooper, mm-hmm. who was in several movies with uh, uh, John Wayne. Yep. And um, John Wayne said, and Clay, for those of you that don't know, he's been a world champion, a team roper, healer for a really really long time i don't even know how many times he's been world champion and he's a real gentleman and a real true athlete and sportsman but john wayne said that uh, if uh, cleo brian cooper didn't like uh, team roping so much that uh, he would have been a great actor yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and uh cleo brian was in one of my favorite movies of all time the cowboys with john wayne and uh, i followed uh cleo's career too i think i think that he and jake were what world champions uh seven times wasn't it probably every bit of that yeah yeah but uh now and another thing too uh, is uh, do you have a favorite uh cowboy hat or or, or cowboy boots you know i really don't i I grew up with all due respect in an area where uh, more credence was put to what the label was on the outside of the garment that you were wearing or the automobile that you were driving than the actual value inside. And so I'm a person that tends to buy things by value, perceived value. If I feel like the value is good and I'm getting my money's worth, right? frankly, that's what I buy. I'm not a brand name buyer. And, uh, and and in many cases, uh, both my wife and I have bought in areas, bought real estate in areas, and uh, bought automobiles and other things that didn't have the name brand. But uh, in time, those became the name brand because the value was there, the quality was there. And so I, I know it sounds a little bit strange, but that's that's kind of how I look at things, really. 
and 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 you know history will prove it if you you go look at let's say horse trailers for example and i'm not going to mention names because i'm not here to publicize anybody's horse trailers but the there's certain companies that build quality into their particularly of the aluminum horse trailers Right, and um, those trailers have lasted for years and years and years. Um, it's unfortunate that bean counters got in, and they started finding little ways where they could save money. And little by little, they cut the quality out of a lot of those trailers. But those trailers lasted for years because there was good value, but they weren't really your name brand that you would go around boasting. I have such and such a trailer. Right. Well, Mitch, we're coming to the end of our time here, and um, what are the ways people can, uh, you know, get a hold of you and check out FSR Cattle Company and Ranches of New Authan? Um, you have any any websites that you'd like to give us the addresses to, or social media? Sure. Uh, FSRCattleCompany.com would be our website. It has a very good explanation of what we offer who we sponsor, who we partner with, and so on. It would tell you a lot about our company. And uh, as far as the ranches of New Often, it's being handled by Stephen Rich, R-E-I-C-H, at Clark Real Estate here in Weatherford, Texas. And Stephen's number is area code 817-597-8884. So let me just repeat that. Area code 817-597-8884. 8884. Perfect. That'd be the best way best way to learn about us or what we have to offer. Perfect. Well, Dan, if I might add one more thing real quick. Sure. If there's anybody out there that wants to go into the leasing cattle leasing business, I'd be happy to share with them any information that we have or that we've learned. Well, Mitch, it's been a, a real pleasure. Um uh, again, I, I just I can't thank you enough and I, I look forward to to coming down uh, to Texas again here in the in the near future and visiting and uh, uh, possibly uh, taking up the position as, as uh, mayor while I'm there. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll save the spot for you. You know, uh, the the old west is the old west, and we'll make sure that you know honor is kept. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, well, thanks again, Mitch, and uh, look forward to uh, to seeing you here in the not too distant future and uh, uh really appreciate you coming on thank you dan and good luck with your new show i know it's going to be a success you've got the right concept great thanks mitch i appreciate it thank you oh. you bet every friday afternoon i hitch up the trailer saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler i drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pen Got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. Twenty thousand dollar horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. Tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them 
Down at the roping 